Welcome. Hey guys, welcome back. Energy Bites episode three. John Calfan, Bobby Nealon. Say hi, Bobby. <laughs> Who's our guest today? Federico. Uh, Federico Villamayor. Um, I work at Halliburton right now. What's uh, your What's your current kind of role or title? Oh, that, that's a good one because the title <laughs> that they give um, in the company is different from from the external, yeah. right? So I was hired as a solution architect for for different applications um, when I started. Internally, they call it a principal technical advisor. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then when you come in, you realize like you're more than just an architect. They see what your strengths are. They put you in other things. So it's basically a leadership role. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about you. Oh, about me. Yeah. yeah where are you from? How, how'd you, how'd you get to Halliburton? Oh, that, that's, you get, you've got yeah. a, you've got a great, <laughs> great diverse background, like just both I, personally and yeah, career wise and stuff. So oh, thanks. <laughs> um, I, I didn't realize that until I was looking for a job, right? <laughs> <laughs> looking back, um, I've been in all industries, I guess of aerospace, finance, um, um, automotive, uh, energy. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was part of that Enron thing. Okay. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. Looking back at my, my career right out of college, I'm like, Oh, wow. We see nah. plenty of time to make up your 401k, right? <laughs> see, that's a good part. I wasn't yeah. part of that whole thing, but I, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm always on the positive side yeah. of things. I'm always have, um, glass half full, if you will. So I'm so glad that I did not lose that much yeah. money. <laughs> Looking back, right? Like a lot of people over there Oof. lost their entire. I can't yeah. even fathom that. Yeah. Well, it's the beginning of my career. What's two thousand dollars? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That was a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah. To start, but, um, but yeah. So, so that's my career, and ever since I was a little kid, my my uh, interest was always on the technical side. Um, loved MacGyver. <laughs> Everybody remembers MacGyver. Oh yeah, right? everybody does. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's what influenced me into getting into chemical engineering when I okay. first started. Um, I went to school in the Philippines and then went to school here when I when 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 we moved, started from the beginning. Oh man. That's crazy, right? Four years of college and then all of a sudden I have to start all over again. Could have been a doctor. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but then you wouldn't be here, so <laughs> no, but I love what, what we're doing. And when I came in here, I realized like, you know, I, I would like to get back to what my dream was. I remember looking at an encyclopedia when I was a kid, like, oh, there's a computer programmer? That's actually a job, Yeah, you know? And so when I, when we came to the States, I'm like, my dad was like, look at this. We lived in Deer Park. Okay. And there was like, look at this. The shell is over here, right? That's exactly where you're gonna work as a chemical engineer. And I'm like, mm. no, it stinks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Not exactly. so sure about that. <laughs> So it was great for me to, uh, it's a great time for me to reevaluate what, what career I would want to take. And it made me realize like, Hey, you know, get back to my first love, which was computers. And, and so, yeah, I started again, I took, I became a computer scientist, if you will. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's where my background came from. So it just worked out being in Houston and you have a, a computer science degree and then a chemical engineering background somehow yeah. it just felt it's a pretty lethal combination yeah in the, in the oil and gas space I yeah think. no that's awesome yeah however i'm more a computer scientist i would think sure. than the 
Yeah. I hate chemistry. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't hate it. Oh, man. I, we could tell a story, um, but I don't know if it's going to take us apart. But today, my, my son was like, I got an 80 in 80% in my last test. Why? What was it in, in science? What's it about? Balancing equations. I'm like, oh, oh come on. man, I'm, you I'm should have just asked me that. <laughs> and my, my wife was laughing on the side. She, she, she knew I was just so disappointed. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, it's like. You're to, not my son. <laughs> to, to me, you know, like chemistry was, it was just too ethereal, right? Like I yeah. like, I'm a mechanical engineer. I have to be able yeah, to I mean, see touch, it touch yeah. and touch oh, yeah. it to like truly understand it. Right. And like, like, (laughs) I can't see any of this shit. I don't care either. Right. Like, well, yeah, under, you know, but it was, uh, no, that's, that's a good combo. Uh, so one of the things I did want to quickly talk, get into is you guys just announced your release of your latest kind of stuff. Right. Yes. Tell us a little little bit about that. Um, so somehow, um, I, I joined Halliburton for something else, but um, it just so happened they had this thing going on. Uh, it's a- automated fracking. That was like a proof of concept that was happening. And it turned out to be uh, uh, showing up a lot of value. So um, the proof of concept turns out to be something that that really had good traction on the field with, with yeah. that, right? So they needed someone to to help out formalize the team and and kind of get some good um what do you call this software delivery processes sure. in place right so that's where i came in and it's just nice to see um that announcement that they made and the ceo just announced in his last um what do you call this uh earnings earnings, earnings report yes, yeah. correct <laughs> Such a computer scientist that we don't talk earnings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, when I saw that on the front page, I'm like, wow, yeah, that's this, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool to see that. And um and knowing the people who built it and realizing, like, oh, you're actually the guy who's leading yeah. the t- the technical team, it, it it puts some pride in you, right? And yeah, now I'm showing my son, hey, look, this is what daddy does. Yeah, so, yeah that's really cool. Yeah, it's 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 a great thing. But um it's it's amazing to see when I came in, I didn't know that that did not exist, you know, yeah. like uh, I thought people would have thought of this. Well, I mean, we have, you know, spacecraft and yeah. airplanes. That yeah, exactly. Fly themselves. Why wouldn't we do that? with Fred? Exactly. Yeah, so, we, so we have things on Mars, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I always wondered that. Right. Um, when I when I walked in, I thought I'd see like like a minority report already going on. Yeah, right. in These big companies, which which makes you think. Right. That maybe there is a lot of things that you can still contribute to that whole idea. Yeah, so meat on the bone for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I think um, you know I came in oil and gas thinking I had a preconceived notion that things move slow, right? From a from the digital space, of, sure. And it's kind of true, but man, they're they have a lot of really smart people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's what the I, biggest misconception, right? Is that like, for one, in my my brief experience where I cross sold both energy and outside of energy, I quickly learned that a lot of these other industries are very similar, right? Like pharma banking, you know, manufacturing, right? Like, well, yeah. And it's, and it's a risk benefit for most Mm -hmm. of them, right? Like they're looking at risk, right? So bringing on a new platform is risky. Using a new tool is risky. Yes. Now Facebook's, you know, their feed going down is a very different risk than, you know, a drilling rig blowing up. Yeah. 
so that's like to me that's somebody told me that years ago when i was complaining about why the energy industry is so slow with adoption mm -hmm. and when they put that in perspective i was like okay yes that makes yeah. a lot of sense right? correct that also doesn't mean mm -hmm. though that you know trying out a different database is like as a side thing or as a backup that's fairly low risk right like okay. there we need to moderate that at yeah. times but that's a yeah that's a, a big thing that a lot of people you know when you're dealing with lives and you know potential environmental catastrophes correct when things go wrong like it has to work yeah <laughs> or exactly it's not going out. otherwise you'll become yeah. uh you'll become a character played by mark Wahlberg in <laughs> yeah. the next yeah. movie yep. but i mean i think you coming in i mean obviously you know halberton's a big one yeah and maybe they are potentially slower but i think on the services side i mean you have to develop things yes. quickly to you know say but i think you may see that adoption maybe mm -hmm. I think adoption of things is slower, but you know, the, and you know, the sales cycles are slow and then, you know, getting someone in the, you know, getting a customer to adopt, you know, maybe the automatic craft fleet, they might have a lot more trepidation. Correct. Um, but I mean, like and for I, you guys, I, you can probably work fast and develop things and, you know, present ideas. Yes, you're right. Um, I, I think that was key is that developing a digital solution is one thing. Even the idea, um, is, is one thing, but adoption is different. Now, um, one of the guys who was uh, an operator, was explaining this to me. Um, I thought we had this great idea of, of oh, removing a lot of these um, manual things mm -hmm. that they do on the field. Turns out they like the manual. Um, so it, it goes to show how pr product creation is really, it's so important to have someone sit there and observe yep. or even ask, why do they do what they do? And the tactile clicking of the mouse yeah. to them is like playing Call of Duty, right? Like <laughs> it's like, okay, I want to go up, I want to go down, or whatever. Right. And when 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 parts of it were shown to them where they don't have to touch it, it's automated, it's it's yeah, it's um ingested, and they're like, uh, that's yeah, weird. Yeah. That's not right. <laughs> it takes away the fun in, of what I'm doing, right? Like so, it it made me realize like there's more to it than just taking out some manual processes yeah. well i mean i guess it is the whole you know proverbial people processes and technology and correct you find that right balance of them yes. all like um i mean that's why that's why i became a mechanical engineer because i hated how poorly things were designed right mm. it was like my car in high school uh it came with this it's probably a two foot long uh spark plug removal tool that was in the spare tire kit because the plugs were buried in the head and it's like how did this get so far down the like i guarantee you it got to where they were testing the engine the mm -hmm. designs were mostly finalized and then someone went to service it and they're like i can't get the spark plugs out well instead of redesigning the engine we'll just throw this thing in that 20 years later we'll sell for 500 dollars on ebay because <laughs> everyone's lost them now you know like it's just the simplest things like designing something and then never using it or not yeah. knowing what the users are doing is a very bad exactly <laughs> result most of the time you i know? love your I, I love how you've connected it to mechanical engineering because when you think about the cars now self-driving car sounds cool but remember why people would buy manual mm -hmm. yeah right um there's automatic there's manual but people who really love control yeah would do manual it i mean stick shift right when i when if i talk to probably my wife or <laughs> They probably wouldn't care much for it, yep. but everyone who's experienced 
yeah, pressing the clutch and yeah. changing the gears. Well, especially if you're talking about going fast, right? Like that's exactly. part of the no, pleasure that, that you get out that's of it. A, this year, we're going to go to Ireland this summer, and I have no desire to drive a stick shift and drive on the other side of the road. Um, that scares <laughs> the hell out of me, so we'll be getting an automatic. But <laughs> It is trippy. Uh, I don't remember. We did that in the Bahamas. I don't remember if – I think it was an automatic because I feel like I would have remembered shifting with my left hand because that seems so unnatural to yeah. me. <laughs> like, Because oh, yeah. I've heard it's, it's still the same, you know, Layout. first gears to the top left, mm-hmm. you know, and so on, but it's just, you know, whatever. Oh, so, oh yeah, you're too young to drive a uh, um, stick, huh? No, I've driven a stick. Okay. I mean, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> talking, if it's I've on never, the, never been on, like, you know, other, any, you know, on the other side of the road, like yes, England or that's Ireland. Hard, yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, this one's not going to be. Nice. I can't. No. I can't write my name with my left hand. No less. I don't think like that seems very yeah. unnatural to me. But no. even just ri- driving on the other side, we went through a roundabout because <laughs> we were yeah. on the island. There were no stoplights, and all oh, they God. were was roundabouts. Going through a roundabout on the wrong side of the road is the most like mind. <laughs> it screws with your head. You're like, okay, you just have to walk yourself through the entire thing yeah. as you approach it. Uh, but now you yeah it's uh, yeah it's it, it can but, it can get crazy but even like you're talking like kind of steering it back a little bit i mean talking about some of the understanding the customers i mean that's a lot of like say the toyota lean type stuff too mm-hmm. right the i forget what the japanese word is they talk about it. i mean but going to talk to the customers the people who are using it and like understanding uh, what's happening on the floor like it's yeah. so oh, important kanban uh, is that oh you're talking about uh, yeah there's a word like part oh, of the lean technology but kanban is part of that that that's uh-huh. part of their whole thing too mm-hmm. but like kaizen i don't forget exactly but there's a um, bunch of them. I yeah, used to know I'm that, proving but. my ignorance around it, but <laughs> but no, I mean, I think if it, maybe we can dive a little more like into the, like the tech yeah stack. You know, I mean, so obviously you're trying to automate things. So you've you you know they've always had really highly you know um, instrumented instrumented you know frac yes. bands and stuff like that. But now it's like how do we make all these pieces talk to each other and then also the, but then also send make signals out to like you know are we speeding up pumps? Are we pumping more fluid? I mean like. Yeah. yeah tell us a little more about like what are the like what were kind of the high level objectives you guys were trying to achieve oh, and, what, and like what are also like the problems that you run into because you guys just so everyone's aware this is i assume are y'all running edge or mm-hmm. both obviously yes. and so you know on the frack side i can speak to this from experience because i was a frack engineer and then i also sold edge hardware it, you, it's you know the oil field edge use cases are probably the most difficult environments that you could work in as far as edge goes because it's mo- like most of the time they're moving yes. right if it's especially if it's in the services side and it's on mm-hmm. equipment uh you've got a bunch of different people you've got data sources from all different mm-hmm. types of things you've got digital and analog uh, you've got different structures naming conventions there's so much human element to it traditionally yes what else are you know what was kind of the from y'all's end the objectives and kind of struggles that y'all um, the main objectives, I guess, I'm not sure how IP it is, right? But uh, I think the more general thing that I probably could talk about is, you know, a reducing maintenance and mm-hmm. okay. repair maintenance costs, let's say. That's probably universal in anywhere. Yeah. Well, and everyone's also trying to remove, you know, automate as much so you can have fewer people on the Exactly. Because Which people is, I mean, are expensive. Safety, I mean, yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, safety. Safety is a huge... Um, uh, which reminds me that how much frack I really know, right? I yeah. came in not knowing it. That is one of the things that got me to understand it more was going to the Museum of Natural Sciences yeah. on the fourth floor. Um, they have an actual like simulator for frack, and yeah. that was amazing because I was like, "Oh, oh, this is yeah. what we do." Yeah, and that it kind of made me understand what we're actually doing coming from the the digital part of things. But um, the the 
I think one of the key things is that there's there's a lot of applications already um, right. on the field that's working really well, very robust. And um, the only thing is a lot of it is was built by engineers without any user uh, experience, like yeah. user UX kind of experience like what we have now where right. people are actually care about how yeah care about how how all of that works <laughs> um so it was a i think it was a great opportunity for them to also see uh how they could reduce the amount of time to let's say transition or um how diesel engines are operated mm -hmm. like you know just like the cruise control in the car versus mm -hmm. like we said manual of course it's it's so satisfying to hear that engine roar up but is it really the best thing for the engine yeah right yeah, so a lot of those i guess um come into part uh come into play and um it's not necessarily my my know-how or that's yeah. gonna be yours right so a lot of the people in my team are people like you mechanical engineers phds on physics or whatever and so i'll leave the math yeah, yeah. to them on that but um putting that together I think one of the big things is how do you how do you get the right people also to to work on this without having to just um the hard part is having like these um PhDs who know how to code a certain way and yeah. software developers who know how mm -hmm. to code a certain way um we realize that they have their own way they have their own way how can you make that work right, right? um yeah. and and good thing it was prime because recently you know the development of containers yeah right kind of really helps in that space i've hired some software developers who are way more net and you have python people and data scientists yeah. so um i think that's where the technology really came in is the kubernetes space right where People can just write containers mm -hmm. in their own way, right. in their own language, which really, really helped them solve that problem of uh, the personnel part. Sure. So, like, if we maybe step back, because I mean, like, you know, I've got a pretty good understanding of containers and mm -hmm. generally what Kubernetes does, but can we stop, step back and talk to people about what? A container is yeah. oh and oh, okay. and then and then just like then what kubernetes enables on top of that I and mean, then i guess yeah. maybe we can weave it into maybe microservices because it's kind oh, of its own correct. microservices architecture on location I yes guess. Yeah, we haven't we haven't had a conversation oh, about containers have? or kubernetes yet uh, so. yeah so so um not too long ago uh i think docker was the yeah uh, was the word right um it was pretty revolution revolutionary idea for people to to have something smaller than just a uh what we used to do on virtual machines um do you guys talk about virtual machines no but i mean i, I think most, enough people will probably understand yeah. virtual machines okay like, so like with if the, they understand anything it's virtual machines virtual machines yeah, yeah. more than likely yeah uh booting your your computer up with two different operating <laughs> yeah. systems like you yeah. said or having an image of a complete operating system right uh imagine having uh Imagine developing an application. You want it to run on, let's say, uh, Linux, and then in a Linux VM, and then another one in a Windows VM. Let's say, for instance, now, now you, if you have to restart that whole thing, or even licensing, right? You, now you have yeah. operating systems you need to pay for, or uh, you need to reboot the entire operating system right. stack. 
So with with um, with containers, um, you have a platform that's running on top of your operating system. And now imagine writing an application that's what you call a container that's being run on those platforms where you don't have, imagine not having to run all of these operating systems in order for that yeah. to, to restart, right? Like so, so it's faster, it's, it's very instantaneous. Remember how the last time you restarted your computer, that takes like how many yeah. <laughs> seconds, maybe minutes. With this, all, all it needs is that little overhead to just mm. run that particular container and it becomes more portable, meaning um, they design, well, you could design it so that it could be run in different operating systems, in fact. Like for instance, um, right now we, we run things, let's say, uh, you, we, our testing team can run it on, on top of their uh, Windows yeah. um, operating system. Same application, we just run it on on the Linux system, yeah. right? Like there's, well, because even you have different flavors of Linux, even correct. You know, right. Different flavors. What's the one? What's the main one for Docker? Is it Alpine or something like that? Oh, like, oh you're right. When yeah, you're for Docker, Alpine. Yeah, but right. it, again, I guess the point, you know, is for sort of for listeners, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. kind of it, my understanding, it, it, or the way I put it, is it solves the whole like, well, it worked on my computer. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, my uh, <laughs> when I started Hive Cell, my my boss at the time explained it to me to me as it's a set of it's a recipe or a set of instructions like your yaml file is literally just here's the libraries we're going to use here's the correct environment here's configuration if you will. all yeah it's a config essentially so that all the coding within it can work automatically instead of having to specify yeah. for each specific instance or or uh yeah. language or os so or i guess maybe weaving it in then to what you're talking about i mean and correct me if i'm wrong like so again you've got your data scientist you know phd person they're writing mm -hmm. write a python thing and then maybe hopefully they're able to write a, an api like a flask api yeah, on top of it so can. that's running its own little microservice so when you send the right data to it it turns through and sends that data back out but then you might have the software to dev that wrote his stuff in dotnet core yes and then so but he's able to call it an api yes send the data to it then get it back and then process it correct or, you know, yeah right. and but without talking about how we did it ourselves mm -hmm. right um Sure. We have our own little nuances um, on, on how we do things um, that's different from from what others actually do. But it's it's the same principle. As a matter of fact, we could probably take everything apart in what we've built and, and deploy it in a more bare bones. But um, I think the key there was really, remember, I don't know if you guys were around during that Java.net um, I've, I've read into the history of it. I mean, I know just yeah. like the Java, the Java virtual machine, and then yeah, and and not just that, but um, there was like that antitrust thing with oh, like, really? C sharp so, was kind of like almost like their copy like Java, of it, right? Yeah. right? I, the big thing back then was interoperability. How do you make things operate with each other, and yeah. integrate, and it became more of a uh, how do you expose a uh, uh, what or how do you how do you transfer messages that would be compatible between right yeah back then it was like xml now yeah, yeah the soap apis yeah they're so right so so now it's not just interoperability but you could actually also deploy <laughs> different technologies on the same platform right um it sounds like it's so revolutionary which is it is but man the reality of it it's so complex and yeah, so yeah, difficult. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's... no, I mean, the microservices, I mean, because even say at the cloud level, like it's been pitched as this is like the best way to do business. And yes. it makes sense from a standpoint of like, well, if this fails, at least these other things are still running because we have the monolith. Like if the one thing goes down, it could there take down go. everything. I mean, so there are benefits, but then you, you just get this spaghetti string of like, 
<laughs> yeah, so the funny thing is uh, Spaghetti Code, if you guys started um, uh, programming a while back with um, BASIC or, or Pascal or whatever, I remember our computer science teacher would always talk about Spaghetti, how, how uh, there's a go-to here, mm -hmm, go-to yeah. there. We're back there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things got so clean, so clean and got back to that point, right? Um, now, although as, as complex as it is, that's where um, a good deployment mechanism or a good DevOps yeah, team yeah, processes, come in, yeah, stuff, yeah. processes are, are such key, which is um, one of the things that gets so underrated or underreported up the chain. Um, I had this conversation with, with my leads, right? Like they realize that a lot of our customers don't understand the overhead technologically yeah because all they think of is the value to the business right. right so now i'm starting to report things about what our tech stack is and why why are we doing that and how come a lot of the percentage of work comes here um yeah it becomes a, a large overhead but really i think what happens is as as you get your processes in place and it, it's reusable. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. yeah reproducibility is really important because it's, it's right. got to work on this frack van with that frack Correct. van. Correct. Like, you know, are these, you know, locations? I mean. Correct. And and um, if coming from operations, right, one of the things that, that I realized that I never had to think of as a software um, person is that how low the bandwidth is. We're so, nowadays, just Wi-Fi is everywhere. Yeah. Everybody thinks of um how easy it is to just have productivity oh, yeah. right we had this conversation a while back, <laughs> which is so annoying sometimes because you get vendors here and there always talking about how great their app uh, their their product is but they don't realize that the stuff that they're trying to sell us has to work where sometimes yeah. there's no connectivity yeah. right well that's the thing is it's like it's almost better if it was built just for a disconnected environment or just for a cloud Correct. environment because yeah. And like we oh, ran, we yeah. ran into the same thing, right? Where it's like, hey, you know, the the devices are edge devices, so mm -hmm. they will run whether they're connected or not. But what happens if you're, you know, doing a software update and mm. you lose connection? Yeah. Like, it, I'm super excited about edge, but there's all these like nuanced problems that people haven't figured out yet that yeah. is very interesting right like they don't something as basic it. as yeah. that yeah. right like <laughs> hey connectivity is going to go out in the oil field it's not an if it's just it's a when yeah right like and so you cannot operate a drilling rig fully autonomously yeah. from the cloud because of that correct even yeah. if it's a well, percent chance but that mm -hmm. even there's there's the latency right. when you're there's, connected yeah. i mean like latency to do the real time like and again real time is a relative term like you yeah. know i remember talking to electrical guy at rds and he's like real time is microseconds or whatever and then you talk to other people like oh if i get a daily yeah. that's you know enough for me you know depending yep. it just depends on the use case mm -hmm. you want yes. people to call real time uh, um brought that up oh that's true <laughs> but but i guess maybe like I think, since you kind of brought it up like i have to imagine what you guys are doing has to be able to run self-contained i mean like yes because i mean i know there's a lot of stuff now where like all right you churn a lot of it on you know on location and then maybe send things up to the cloud because maybe there's um machine learning stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, but I feel like there's even processing power is just increased, whether it's in the cloud, but also on the edge. So now you can actually do more of that stuff, you know, that's on location. The, that's I mean, the sales pitch for the edge, right? Yeah. Is that you don't have to spend as much on cloud compute because you can do it locally. But right? also that you, again, like, cause again, if, if you're highly dependent on the cloud, 
to run something autonomous like this and then you lose connectivity, do you have mm-hmm. to shut down operations? And right. is that as bad as screening out? Like, I don't know. I mean, like, no, yeah, for sure. Talking I about mean, that's, screening out. that's a, that's a term I just learned. In this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's well, pretty soon. I'm sure one of your PhDs yeah, going to be working on the screen. Someone's going to be, like, somebody's going to be making that request very yeah. soon. I can guarantee you that. Uh, no, uh, that's, that's only been on the, on the docket for the last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been working on that for like seven years. Yeah. Uh, no, we don't want to solve that here. Maybe we've solved it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not telling <laughs> no that's talk about that a little bit because i do like i i see that as a big barrier for a lot of like step changing type things in the oil field where you know you're able to significantly reduce inefficiencies mm-hmm. in, increase uptime reduce number of people uh do predictions and you know preventative things like that but just kind of talk about that because i mean you're kind of you've got a really interesting spot in that you know it's not just developing it's developing you've got i'm sure y'all are doing lots of analytics and data science on top Mm -hmm. of it it's also at the edge in an inner you know intermittent connectivity or no connectivity environment and then on top of that you have all the risks and stuff that go into if it breaks right like y'all have and then iot on top of that because you're ingesting all kinds of data and all that fun stuff so like that's a that's a big animal (laughs) like yeah, it is. Uh, imposter syndrome just seeped yeah. in quickly. Um, so the, you, you know more. You know more about it than us. So <laughs> no, one hundred percent. That's why we're asking. Yeah, but the great thing is having like a great team who understands it, right? Um, now, when I'm when I'm thinking of the edge, I mean, this has been uh, um, something that's that's been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's not really anything new. It's just a a different way of thinking it and a different way of of understanding um how much bandwidth that you're uh consuming and when you said real time that's exactly uh what i was kind of invited for or, or added in the reason why i got part of the group or got hired was because of that my my background a lot for the pat right before this was application integrations architecture right um but but yeah, I got hit on the face with the real time. I'm like, oh, shoot, you just you just use this broker, Kafka, yeah. or blah blah yeah. blah, or whatever. And and being uh, Avenad uh, beforehand in my past life, it was always Microsoft. So um, my background automatically was Microsoft. Microsoft. Yeah. I, I mean, I was so used to selling Microsoft everywhere I went. I'm like, yeah, why don't you use Azure? Why yeah. And then. Uh, they talked about real time. Oh yeah, you have this for real time. We have we have service bus. We have yeah. this this this, uh, and then they told me no connectivity. Oh, <laughs> you can push the you can push can you push like Azure IoT Hub down like on yeah. the, onto containers. And oh, stuff like now we're yeah. So I can't talk about it. Yeah, you, probably you, uh, I can talk about it. You can you can you can talk about <laughs> IoT Hub and yeah. and and all that. And they do have that solution, right? But obviously every every problem it ends up being unique and yeah. a lot of the things that gets sold to you are all greenfield and yeah. you wish you know so that we have our own um restrictions or barriers around it and it and it's it's great and the funny thing that i've realized is sometimes the least technical people come up with the best technical solutions yeah oh they, um i think i had this conversation with john um there was there was this group um it's completely a different project right that 
we have this solution that was just done by a someone who has a database more of database background and if you put someone like me or someone who's like a more technical person all of a sudden you'll think of the latest and greatest solution and man i'm so glad that that person came up with a solution on databases it's just database replication and somehow man it's the most robust solution that we have (laughs) in, in in one of one of the problem sets that we have on the edge and even microsoft was asking for us to to see if we could we could do a, a paper on it just to produce it, right? Like it, um, but I th- I think I think there's so much out there that people can use that you could actually come up with a with a lean solution in the yeah. beginning, and it could become the end, yeah. right? Like, um, yeah, I think that's actually more natural nowadays that come up with a prototype if it's working <laughs> yeah just run with it Tem- <laughs> yeah. the, tem- the, the, the temporary permanent solution the exactly broke, temporary permanent it. solution that is a real thing right yeah. like oh, yeah uh, uh, and everything 100%. yeah i worked at Symantec. it's the same thing it's like um can you try this would this work yeah okay um should we go ahead and do a production <laughs> push on it yeah. to prod yeah, okay. or <laughs> <laughs> so pass the test yeah <laughs> okay so let's maybe steer it back a little bit. I mean, because you, you just talked about, you know, maybe reducing complexity. But yes. then another, another thing we kind of brought up earlier that we didn't, we talked about containers, so we didn't dive into Kubernetes. And a lot of people would argue that's the opposite of reducing complexity. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. So yes. Preface, also, preface what Kubernetes is. Just Well, yeah, I mean, I'll let him get it. But then also, can you get into why it would be necessary? Because I'm trying, I'm trying to wrap my, my head around why it would be necessary, say, on a fragment. Because maybe if you, because it needs to scale out. That's the whole Correct. point of it, right? It needs to scale yes. out to meet demand. Like, do you? Are there times where there's more data coming in than other times? That Say that need? again. Are there times where like there's more data coming into the system Correct. than mm-hmm. not? Like I, I just assume there's always a constant stream from all the different there, sources. But yeah, there is a constant stream. So the complexity, uh, Kubernetes is just a platform, right? Um, where we could deploy our containers, what they call pods on on that side. Kind of orchestrating them. Uh, right? Yeah, and or, yeah. Or orchestrating. So that's the big difference. Yes. And from a non-technical user's perspective, is containers are the instructions and then kubernetes is basically the instructions for to, the hardware and for the software and how if a piece of the hardware fails or whatever the software can then move over to another mm, another piece of software mm. right like that's yeah. kubernetes is used was originally started being used in the cloud because you've got all these servers and why not run a yeah. distributed instance that everybody can run their own stuff and then if one server happens to fail your services instantly spin up over on this other server. So your stuff's not down. Yeah. For lots uh, of or, time or whatever, or distributed yeah. memory and, yeah. and all that stuff. But it, you know, the simplest um, thing that, that even us <laughs> on the higher level could understand is really exactly what you just said. And we don't even think of things to, there's so much Kubernetes can do. We, mm-hmm. we haven't yeah. really scratched the surface. No, it's, sure. it's still very, it's probably, but again, probably not even necessary. You know, like, yeah, we don't, we, on, as things break down, we're getting deeper and deeper sure. in it. But a lot of us in our team are not even experts on it. Right? I was going to yeah. say, that's the one of the biggest problems I ran into was where we were pitching, hey, you've got these little mini edge servers and they have Kubernetes so they can fail over. There's yeah, so redundancy what? and all this <laughs> stuff. Well, if the other person knows containers but do, doesn't know Kubernetes, they Correct. have no idea what that means or how to Correct. dev on it or anything like that. The number of people that are kubernetes experts in the world is very low and that's exactly. why it's, it's yeah. a slow but the very little part of it that that's that's really helped us already um like uh, desired state configuration for instance we just need 
a lot of times they there's redundancy sometimes you want two services running at the same time right. yeah we just we don't need a lot of the functionality to be honest with you i think we would have survived without using Kubernetes. no that's fair no yeah so but the, just the fact that it was there and um we, we were using you, platform you, you have it if you need it too right? yeah exactly and i think i think with a very little knowledge that a lot of us have we were able to get it to to work it's just way more complicated than certain things uh, that we could have used and looking back uh it, we don't really need to change it either it's yeah you can grow with it yeah yeah but one one good thing about it is the fact that you can deploy <laughs> um a, a small part of your application right mm -hmm. like you said earlier monolith um that term probably yeah. i don't know if you guys have defined it but it's just a when you're making a big application and like an exe file if you will right and you run it if something breaks that whole thing crashes right yeah. um the great thing about containers or microservices even which we use kind of in in conjunction yeah is that you you can you can have a team building a different part or different module and for that entire bigger system and and it's really helped us a lot because um some of the stuff that we need to deploy could just be right. one small functionality that calculates this thing or calculates yeah. that thing. And, and that one helps in our um, low uh, connectivity or low bandwidth situation because we can't keep on updating the entire thing all the time. No. Even though we, we have the ability to bring probably a hard drive or a usb drive sometimes it's fast <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no that's yeah well it's like even if you have connectivity right like we couldn't we couldn't deploy uh we couldn't deploy an installation of kubernetes unless we had like i want to say it was 500 megs oh minimum gosh, yeah. right and it's like that's good bandwidth <laughs> in oh, the oil yeah. field right and so like there's so many of those nuances there but so yeah this is basically a software solution to a hardware pro an infrastructure yeah. problem well, I mean, um, that's to me like the reason that people were interested, at least from a field service perspective, yeah. right? Is like if we're going to automate these things in the long term and not have a person here, we can't let a hardware failure, corruption, Correct. whatever, or take us down, like. take the whole thing down, or make it go rogue or whatever. Yeah. So you can have multiple servers so that if one of them does fail, nothing is really interrupted and things just keep. Yeah, keep I think. Running, right? Don't you think it might just be a stopgap? That's what I'm thinking. Is like eventually when when if connectivity is yeah is, yeah you, yeah i mean six satellites or, yeah. a week right that's that elon musk is apparently yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, i mean starlink it's pretty it's it's pretty legit i mean i know we've got a couple out just on location where we don't have connectivity up in north dakota and oh yeah, there you great. go and i think starlink is going to be the main skynet yeah oh, oh bad word <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that that's the uh you know there's a lot of 5g oil field conferences and talk about that and it's like 5G is better bandwidth in a smaller uh, range, which is literally the opposite of what the yeah. like. Unless you could figure out a mesh network with existing, but it just takes so much there. network, right. like so much infrastructure the, to, to run a good. The 5G thing that network. I don't under like, I don't think will make sense. Versus like an operator who's got SCADA systems and gathering facilities where they could strategically place, you know, Starlinks and then yeah. have repeaters where they mm. need them. Right, like that's you, a much. You think easier. we're gonna go back to LF or to low frequency? Well, I mean, that's what what LoRaWAN is ultra low frequency, oh, is that what it and is? that's what that's kind of one of the new. That's not what Starlink. I don't know what Starlink uses, but LoRaWAN is one of the more newer IoT protocols mm. that that people are using for communications, and it's got like I think miles of 
transmission. But I mean, stuff. like you're saying, when the satellites get the the low orbit ones now, like the low, so the lower latency. I mean, like we were using yeah the satellite at RDS at the time, but it was like those old school ones that right. are expensive and slow. Terrible. But I mean, it was great in a pinch. But you yeah. know, like oh yeah, and I think they're still using a lot of satellites right now on on the field for for all these uh, service companies, right? Where yeah. certain time of the day. And then once it comes back up, yeah. oh, there's connection. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Or you've days. maxed out your uh, your data limit for the day because it's a crappy oh, satellite service. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to wait. Yeah, I've had that happen too. Yeah, so that these are experiences I'm getting from from this. So it's, it's great having this job because you, you learn mm-hmm. a lot from... Yeah. It's funny how the more primitive stuff is really teaching you how to become a better um, technologist. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Salesforce, but that's exactly what they teach the developers is to make code that is so efficient right. because they, you, get, you have to pay for every single data mm-hmm. transfer. Yep. So, right. So oh, that's uh, my one of my professors in school was a uh, she worked at Lockheed and she was in their missiles ballistics group yeah. or whatever. And so I asked her what they deved on. And uh, they still dev in Fortran. So, you know, like our, our national, def- like biggest national defense companies are still deving in Fortran. I was like, why? And she said, well, if you could, one, if you can do it in Fortran, it's the most efficient version of that process that you can mm-hmm. have. And two, it's the lightest weight really? from a memory perspective. So, and the biggest reason was all of the management knew Fortran because they were all, you know, the guys that learned it back in the seventies. Yeah. But I mean, but, now but managers, when it was right? written, but I mean the barrier to rewriting it and like, it works. Right. right. Like, well, I mean, that's like, the thing. If it's not broke and it works, like, I mean, it's robust, oh, we're, we're going to refactor right? this to rust just cause, just because. Just yeah. because. Yeah. So I'm seeing this a lot, right. Yeah. Um, a lot of us and a lot of us technologists think that way. Like, yeah. um, Oh, this is old. So let's, change it which just, is just because there's a new thing yeah yeah and i don't want to i don't want to buy mouth that because that keeps us employed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you're not an avenue anymore i mean like <laughs> but, but yeah four trend that's four diskettes remember floppy disk yeah that's yeah. what they call it disk <laughs> oh man but yeah I, th- I thought that was wild right like you think of like lockheed as like a sophisticated yes. high-tech thing but it's i mean that's that's honestly the way it's been in the oil field for ever too, right? Like yes, government. If it if it doesn't, if it's not broken and it's secure and it's worked this long, it's it's a hard band aid to rip to try and convince someone to replace it, right, or switch it. Yeah, same thing with NASA. Um, I mean, it's been a while, but I re- I remember working there, and I'm like, I my my rinky dink motherboard on my table at at home is a way better machine than the <laughs> machine that I was using over there. Oh, I'm so. sure, yeah. Well, and even just comparing, you know, what we got in our hands to what they flew exactly. to the moon with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this is multiple, um, what do you call this, Apollos or Saturn. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Oh, man. So we've got like five minutes left. Oh, really? Which, yeah. is, which is good because this has been flowing <laughs> really well. We talk about so many no, things. Oh, yeah. No, so we'll, many directions. We'll have another. I mean, We'll have some more stuff later. Not to say we can't circle back in yeah. a couple months too. You know? Yeah. What uh do you have anything else you wanted to uh kind of ask about? I mean, I guess I mean, as someone, I guess yourself kind of really getting into or getting back into the energy tech space. I mean, like what's a piece of advice you have for someone getting into the energy tech space? Oh, okay. Um, energy tech space. I think I think you 
just watch a lot of YouTube videos. I didn't do that before I joined this yeah. team. Um, watch a lot. Watch all the DW content. That's, oh, that's why we go. made yeah, DW content. So I just looked at your website. I'm like, holy crap! I wish I saw this before. But <laughs> but one of the things you know, I I thought I would be just. Uh, I usually study right, but I didn't get to get go through training through this this job when I came in, and I wish I did. And COVID started right, so I had the opportunity right. to watch um, yeah. videos from other companies. And it's really there's a lot of. A lot of things that um, that I wish I studied before coming in. I mean, I think I would have been more effective, mm-hmm. right? That way, uh, don't take for granted the fact that you came from an energy city, yeah. right? There's so much to learn, and oh, yeah, continuous learning, humility. Oh, it's it really it being humble is so important in this space mm-hmm. because there's so much that you don't know right like even though people you've you've been in the space in the technology space for a long time there's just so much to learn yep um yeah, you can't you're mentioning all. little things today i'm gonna look that low frequency things i mean yeah. there's there's just so much so i think swallowing your pride and realizing that that there's still a lot of things to learn even from the from the younger people right. who just got yeah. out of school, there's just so much. I think that's, yeah. I think that's the big key. And, and to build on, I think you have to be okay with not, and maybe it goes to being humble, but you have to be okay with not knowing. Yes, everything. absolutely, like, exactly. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah it's like, really okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have a, a boss right now or a lead right now who's, who's in that mindset. Yes, yeah. he's always okay to sometimes he even prefaces it like i'm the dumbest guy in the room yeah no he's not he's really one of the most intelligent people i've uh, i've met and yeah it's amazing how he swallows his pride and and gets information from from the others in in a way that it you know it, it builds people up yep as a leader right but at the same time it builds him up because now he gets to finally hear what others have to say yeah no 100 yeah. percent. it's cool yeah. All right, we're gonna go to the speed round. We're just gonna ask you a few random questions, just one word uh. answers, okay? So what's your favorite kind of cloud to work in? This is Frederico personally. Oh, for, personally, Azure only because that's my background. Yeah, did a lot of it. But... Yeah, only only because. With... I wouldn't say it's the necessarily the best. I wouldn't yeah. you could tell me. No, they've all got their pluses minus. So yeah. Um what about uh your favorite database? SQL only yeah, because SQL Server. I mean, yeah, I'm 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 using I mean, Mongo now, but yeah, only because. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean SQL Server. It's a great database. Yeah. <laughs> like, in general purpose. You can, Again, you can do a lot of things in it. If it's, it's comfort. If it's been around for a long enough, to, like you've got all the tools, you yeah. got the support, the documentation. Yeah. Like it, it makes sense. What about open source? Oh, as far as open source oh, service or yeah, what's your favorite tool kind of or open source uh, library? Or oh man, you got me there. Now I'm thinking about so many things. I know, there's, well, there's a ton of them. That's the <laughs> open AI, I guess, right hey. now. Uh, learning. Yeah. Um, I'm going I'm to ask you yeah. your favorite video or board game. I find myself playing a lot of Call of Duty, but that's always been into shooter games for a I'm while. Right, right there with you, man. <laughs> I played it for like two months straight. Yeah. The, the last time I got laid off, I was like, dude, I haven't played. I just, I'd had both my kids like, I haven't played video games in like years. Oh my gosh, I, I play more like, than my yeah. son. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about crypto? ETH probably. Yeah. yeah. So easily consumable and yeah, that's kind of what I've leaned to. I mean, block or uh, Bitcoin always has so much high or or is like is you know 
but I think Ethereum seems to have the most applications potentially. Or... Yeah, I'm I'm not the best person. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm, I'm not really. super John John can. I know you. I'll nerd out on it all day. Yeah. <laughs> cool man. And then maybe last, but what's the most interesting like emerging bleeding tech you're excited about? Yeah, across oh, across anything. Across it doesn't have it. to be energy or oh, it can be Chat GPT. It's been yeah. Oh man, it. Of we were just told not to use it as much anymore because of you know it's obviously it says there that it's all monitored by chat gbt okay, so, privacy so you can't put a lot of ip right but it's been helping a lot just writing letters or uh, even snippets of code that's not necessarily you know just simple things like let's say parsing data or how do you connect to to this broker or whatever oh yeah like, oh gosh it's yeah it's been helping me so much can you imagine uh, can I tell a little bit? Yeah. Story? yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? Um, I let my my developers do something more technical. It's not IP related or energy, whatever. But I needed it to 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 solve a different problem. It took them an entire uh, Christmas break to do this, and did a de- they did a demo on January. And while they're doing the demo, the same requirements I gave them, I just put in Chat G- GPT and write. At the end of the demo, I'm like, this is what I needed, not that, right? Like it's <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And it's perfectly documented and, it's and documented. And yeah. like, Correct. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But there were there were things like uh, it brought in the wrong import, but right. Yeah, but if, you, again, if you have the knowledge and expertise just to find yep. the little you know nuances that are wrong, like it, it gets you 90% it, of the way there. Exactly. Um, so that being said, sometimes, you know, uh it, it it tells you what the future is probably going to be. You need it's going to be developers wild. who are thinkers and developers who are inventors, not just developers who just do code just right. because just you're yeah. checking off their. I think come back to what you're saying about what you you know the advice is like you got to learn the problem you're solving. Yeah. Correct, yeah. exactly. That's Humility, a, yeah. again, right? No, that's a perfect stopping point, man. Yeah, I could talk about chat. I know we'll, we'll have you back and we'll. I think in the future we're going to try and do some like specific topic episodes and have different people come in and oh, do more like discussion type stuff. So oh, it'll man. be fun. Thanks yeah. so much for coming. Yeah, oh, thanks, thanks for thanks having for me. On. This is yeah, it's a lot this, of fun. Yeah, this is eye opening for me. And now there's another place that I'm going to check on the internet, and it's going to be this. Oh, <laughs> beautiful man, I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Perfect. It's always a pleasure. Awesome. Man. Thanks, guys. While some may see them as the crazy ones. We see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Goodbye.